We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Mavericks After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We are coming to you at 8.30 on Tuesday, September 11th. Josh, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. You you never forget, but it's September 12th. Yes. <laughs> Not September 11th. <laughs> did I say September 11th? You did say September I was, 11th. I was literally staring at the thing. <laughs> it's okay. Just, I'm know. sorry. I, probably, I shouldn't even brought now. This I've, is the, I've derailed no, this, the podcast. This is a point in the in the off season where we are. To be quite candid with you, um, there's just a whole bunch of like us trying to figure out what to talk about. I'm waiting for like the other shoe to drop for Blue Wire to be like, hey, you guys aren't posting twice a week like you said you were it would in our contract. Only because when the season starts, we will record anywhere between <laughs> six and eight shows a week, right? And, and like blast your your. Uh, you know everybody's uh you know feeds and it's like okay you know just just that's my fault i i will get better at this um i i had management change over in my real job for like the third time in 20 months so it's like i gotta figure out how to work with a new guy and i'm probably not going to try to sneak in a friday show unless it's a real real slow time but hey we'll see we'll never know um yeah so september 12th week ago today i had a soliloquy kind of about how much I love international basketball and how much I was looking forward to seeing Luka Doncic playing in the quarterfinals of the FIBA world cup. And it's somehow only been a week though. It feels like it has been much longer and a whole lot has happened. So for those of you who are, who you, you all obviously know this, the, the Slovenian national team lost to Canada in the quarterfinals in a very contested odd game so i think that that as the games get more tight it became really clear that the the quality of refereeing varied so widely from game to game and uh my guy Matei, uh, uh one of our slovenian uh 
one of our Slovenian listeners who has his own show and does a lot of his own work over in Slovenia reminded me that there's some kind of disagreement. And so 50 of the best uh, referees from like Eurobasket or the Euro League, I can't remember which one, basically couldn't referee the World Cup. And I think that sort of reared its ugly head. It's like a strike, a union strike or something. Just there's a lot of I think there's a lot of politics in international basketball that I flat out don't (laughs) understand. That's fair. Um, And I would like to understand it because I think a lot of this stuff is really interesting because I really I just like I said, I really like international basketball. Well, the game was was it was really Canada played a phenomenal basketball game. Slovenia played an amazing first half, shot the heck out of the basketball. Two things occurred. And, and and that really caught up in a hurry. The first thing was that Slovenia figured uh, Canada basically had better players. Like the talent disparity reared its head pretty quickly at the start of the third quarter. The other thing that happened was the team Canada basically took the gamble. They reminded me of the old like Seahawks Legion of Boom defense where they took the approach of, well, they can't call a foul on every play against Luca, and it was incredible. I the 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 Canadian defenders were in Dylan Brooks, and then uh, my guy, the the other guy from Oklahoma City Thunder, was real like they were in Luca's business. They were in his shirt the entire game, the entire game. It was probably one of the most physical. Uh, performances I've seen from from a team defense in a basketball game in my entire life. Like Lou Dort was just in his grill too, but not. There's just something different about what Dylan Brooks does. Um, and in the first half, Luca picked up a technical foul when Slovenia was up. Okay, they were up, and I want to say it was like forty to thirty-seven, something along those lines, and. Luca gets fouled on three straight possessions. And I mean, in Luca's defense, these were not like touch fouls. These were straight up like muggings, him ending up on the ground type fouls on drives with just no call. And he gets a technical and all of a sudden the game's tied and then Canada's up. And it really, it was like a six point swing in a matter of minutes. And it was bad. That changed the feel where, at that point, Slovenia was holding off Canada just so. Um, and then the game was tied at halftime. I think it was 49 all. And then in the third quarter, you know, first Shea, Shea Gillies Alexander came out and was he was getting the calls that Luca wasn't getting, is what I will say. But he is also a very differently built player and he attacks people's shoulders with angles and he's so thin in comparison. He's just, he's trying to think like, like, of, of like, I don't want to use like any, I don't want to say anything stupid by chance, but it's like, he just attacks in such a way that I understand where it's like, okay. In the NBA, the, all these would be fouls in FIBA. They're 50, <laughs> 50, where he just got all the 50 fifties and Luca didn't get any. And all of a sudden it was a, it was a big, it was, it was a pretty big lead. Um, Slovenia rallied multiple times because at the end of the game, the score was 189. Um, Luka got fed up with one possession and let's hear Brooks. It's like Brooks got ejected and then Luka got it. It was just, it was, it was a big mess. Like, and then Luka on his way off the court and at halftime, he was even doing this. He was basically yelling at, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he was, he's essentially the secretary general of FIBA basketball, the equivalent 
Brian Windhorst said of like Adam of, of um, the NBA commissioner and just continuously was like lighting into and complaining so loudly. It was, it was just, it was a terrible look. He gets ejected. Slovenia just doesn't have the juice to come back. Yeah. And There's the money sign again, the I money sign that. thing is the thing he, you just like, I have lots and lots of complicated feelings about what Luca did because when it comes to, and I've been talking about this because we as American basketball fans are used to a certain level of greatness because this is our, you know, it's a North American, like it's a, it started in North America, starting Canada. Mm-hmm. It's an important sport to us, but we're also just very good at it. So we take some of the excellence for granted when, you know, Slovenia a country of 2 million people, prideful group of people very very into their team as they ought to be they all these people can do math you only have a certain number of bites at the apple with a transcendent superstar like luca luca is going to give you a chance every time and luca knows there's only so many bites at the apple that he's going to have at these international play you know i know Eurobasket seems to be the one where there's the most pride on the line but he he's talked about wanting an Olympic medal. He's talked about wanting, you know, to win at FIBA. These international competitions matter to him. So I understand the passion. What I don't like though, is that money sign that there's just a bridge too far. And basically that, you know, that ejection prompted from a lot of Mavericks fans. And I'm curious from our European followers, what you felt, send me a message. I'm curious what you thought, because, Honestly, a lot of the messages I was seeing on my timeline were in Slovenian and the Google Translate thing wasn't working that day. Um, So I couldn't tell what people were thinking. And I know after the game, there was a brief non, kind of an attempt at a scandal. Sorry, I needed a drink. Um, Where Hoops Hype or one of these idiot aggregator sites basically tried to imply that Lucas skipped the media availability. He didn't skip the media availability. He skipped what's called the mixed like the mixed zone, Grant Afseth from Dallas basketball is there and said Luca never did it. Because why would he? He's going to take all the attention from the guys that are kind of lesser um, known players. It's very similar to the way the media setup looks at uh, All-Star Game, where it's just like there's just a flood of people and podiums. Um, and yeah, and so it's, it's really something. And so after the game, you know, w- overnight, our guy Jack wrote, the definitive column, sorry, Tim Cato, he wrote it first um, <laughs> about sort of Luca needing to grow up, really going back in time, pulling a lot of his quotes. And and I suppose that's sort of where, you know, I've been talking for almost like five straight minutes. That's sort of where <laughs> I would like to, to kick it to you because I just have a whole lot of thoughts on this. I just, yeah. Don't. I mean, I've always, I mean, I've never been a big fan of it. And I, you know, just his attitude uh, towards officials on the court. Mm-hmm. And it's never been like in defense of officiating. Like I've never, I mean, there are certain times where it's like, okay, we look at that. Like you're wrong on this. Like it's never been more about like the, what call is right and what call is wrong. It's more just about him trying to control his emotions because it's gotten to the point now where it doesn't matter if he's right. Um, he needs to find a way to work through this and because it's going to hurt him on the court and it's our, you know, you get thrown out of a game. He couldn't, you know, Sylvania tried to make a run after he got ejected, like, and they couldn't do it because you know, he went on the floor, not to say that they were going to like, you know, tie the game up or, or take the lead with, 
if he didn't get ejected, like that game was already kind of veering out of control yep. for, for Slovenia, yep. but you know, you know, you never know. And, you know, once you start getting ejected out of games, once you start relying on the NBA rescinding technical fouls, so you don't get suspended and do or die games that the team needs to win to make the playoffs, which is what happened last year. He, he would have been suspended that Sacramento Kings game that they yep. won right before they sat everyone. Uh, but they rescinded his 16th technical. Like that's when it's like, okay, like you're, you know, you're starting to harm not only the team, but you know, yourself and your production. Um, and it's just, I think what's crazy about it. I mean, it started pretty much day one and, you know, a lot of people love like whenever this gets brought up, it's like, Oh, well, LeBron complains every single call. And it's like, guys, LeBron is 38 years old. and It's been in the league for like 20 years. You know, Luca was a 19 year old who had had, barely you know hasn't played an nba game yet and he was talking to officials like he was a you know a 12-year vet and, and i understand part of it is because he's been a pro for so long but like you know he's earned the reputation and now the worst part of it is it's hard to sh- once you get that reputation it takes a lot of work to undo it um and he's at the point now where even if he shuts up he's probably still gonna have that reputation for 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 you for a couple of years well, that's what made like the Canada game particularly interesting is he is like, so him and him and SGA are just an interesting counterpoint because they play so like they both have similar unbelievable feels for the game, mm-hmm. but the way they use their athleticism is so different. And Luca is simply in that Shaq Giannis mold where he is unreffable because the physical contact doesn't bother him you bump shay his 190 pound ass or whatever he is is gonna go flying that's what was incredible about watching dylan and dort run into luca is the only way luca's going down is if he's selling the contact yeah and so it's LeBron like, too yeah, yeah exactly, it's exactly yeah. right exactly yeah. right and so i just don't know what you do if you're him because I think the real answer and and CM 33 just kind of summed it up in a real, real basketball simplistic way that I agree with. I like the emotion. He's just got to get back on D. That's a big thing. And that's see, and that's where SGA is just such a fascinating counterpoint because he's talked about how like he kind of almost goes out of his way to be like, yeah, well the refs have a real hard job because for the first half of last season, he wasn't getting any calls. And then that sort of became a, a story. And he talked about how he wasn't getting, he's like, it's fine. They're gonna, I'll get my calls when I get my calls, like just a polar opposite approach. Um, and it's really, it's, it's just something I just, I don't think there is a real answer where I get particularly challenged where I, and, and I don't know, like I'm, I'm reluctant. This sounds better to talk about every time I type about it. I sound like a paternalistic asshole and I don't mean to. But as a young man myself who made plenty of idiotic mistakes between, you know, things with my wife, things with my family, I understand like at a certain point, there just needs to be an issue where it's like, you've got to stop mentally talking about what you know, like you understand what you need to do. You understand it. Luca says it every time, (laughs) every fucking time he understands what to do. The thing has to be at a certain point, you as the NBA player simply have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, 
I, I don't, I don't know what to, to do from there. Um, yeah. I, like, I think he's, like I said, I think he's earned the reputation and I don't think he's going to get the benefit of the doubt from officials. Even if he stopped complaining tomorrow and didn't complain for 12 months straight, it takes time to, to wean yourself off that reputation. So knowing that it's, you've probably already dug yourself that kind of hole, you know, like the commenters have said, like other people have said, you know, to get back on defense, like, the thing where he was talking to an official and he had his back to the basketball while Kyrie Irving was running a play during a game last season. Uh, funny enough, Kyrie scored, which was kind of like emblematic of like the, the Mavericks potential is like, um, but it, you know, it's just that it's that kind of like when he gets taken out of the game, whether it's not getting back on defense, whether it's not participating in an offensive possession because he wants to talk to an official on the sideline while someone else runs a pick and roll. Um, that's the part where it's like, you can, you know, you might not be able to change the calls that are going to go against you and how the officials treat you, but you can, that's within your realm to control that part of it. Well, this is a thing that that's not going to happen, but I do like the way that FIBA actually applies a personal foul. If you get a technical, cause it, it does something like getting a technical in the NBA is the equivalent of, of getting slapped on the wrist. Nothing actually happens. You have to get two. And then you have to get 15 or 16 over the course yeah. of the season for there to be a specific impact. Like when Luca got that first one, it was like, okay, okay, we got to settle down. And then the way the game was called in the third quarter, which was, and just to be perfectly candid, was unfair. It was not fair. But if I've learned anything near at nearly 40 years old, is shit is not fair. You know, sometimes it's just like, it's not fair. And then you got to learn to deal with it. And I don't, you know, I, I want to defend the passion and I did a little bit ago. My favorite is a guy who joined the room. So the first time I, first thing I hear is you guys, you know, kind of being like, he needs to grow up. I actually understand why this matters so much. It's just, you can't, you just can't do it again. You, just, <laughs> yeah. it's just, you can't do it again. I, I yeah. and it's one, it's, it's one thing like, you know, we even talk with our staff, like when we're talking about the game, like the ref thing, there's nothing you can do about it. And yep. like when our slack gets on fire from bad calls, you know, I mean, you you know more better than anyone. That drives me nuts because Play it's just on. like there's nothing we can like. I don't want to write an article about how the refs screwed the Mavericks out I was of the a game because that's guy not in the 2000s. Like, yeah, Cuban, me too. Cuban made me that way because yeah, he was a too. big refs guy. Mm-hmm. But but you know that's an aspect of the game that's out of your control. There's nothing fun to talk about when you're talking about refereeing, and it's the same way for the players. Like you're not going to change that ref you know, his ability to make calls or not make calls or whatever. Like you can't control him. You can only control yourself. So you just have to work on the thing that you have control over. And obviously things are not going to go your way, but you just, just got to find the balance, you know? And I, and I think there's definitely a balance. It's obviously out of balance right now. Like it's, you know, like you said, people love the passion. There's a way he can still play with that passion for the game, but also keep himself, you know, mentally checked in. Uh, and not let the refs kind of get into his head uh, yeah. like they, they do so frequently. Well, and then there's like in the very next game, in the very next game, Canada just got got waxed by the referees. Like it was that, that game was so terrible. It was, they, they played Serbia and they lost 95 to 86. Serbia lost to, to Germany in the finals. But the, the, the foul, the foul differentiation, I'm trying to look it up. But it was at one point in the game, I remember seeing something where it was just like, this is this is such a difference in the way the fouls were called. So 
see here. Serbia had 22 fouls. Canada had 25. But it, it, at a certain point in the game, I just remember seeing it was just like, this just isn't like, it's just, it's a different, and you're going to get that sometimes. You're going to get it from, from game to game. And like, as much as I get frustrated by the NBA referees, I actually dislike the way the NBA game is called from kind of a more philosophical point of view than I do individual like I don't I don't really remember the last time I thought like a ref did a terrible job I don't like what I did really like about FIBA was I felt that the physicality was called the same all over the court whereas in the NBA and this is Luca's big beef where you get close to the rim anything goes if you do anything outside the three-point line you are going straight to jail like this is how Joel Embiid is such a grifter where he falls over on like outside all the time I just yeah, it's one of those free things throw line. That, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, let me see here. Yeah. So, so, you know, the, Luca had a lot to say after the games, he did end up speaking. He played in the next two, there were still two more games, I think. Um, and he played, which was like, I remember Chuck Cooperstein was kind of like freaking out about this being like, why is he playing? You know, it's, it, it, and it's, it was essentially because, you know, Luca wants to put on yeah, he played against Lithuania where they lost 184. I missed that one. And then they uh then they beat Italy uh in the in the 7-8 matchup. It's pretty interesting. It's like that they had these games is something that I wonder if FIBA will look to get rid of at some point because like they're not playing for anything. Like the ranking doesn't affect anything going into the next tournament, going into the right. next maybe in like the standings. But it was just more of an opportunity for Luca to get hurt, which was a little bit worrisome. Um, but at the same time, fans pay to go to those games. So I think it's really – it speaks to the kind of competitor Luca is um, where he did continue to go out and play basketball. Uh, he gave – I think it was – I saw it on Grant Afset talking about it. But he gave some, some quotes that essentially said his thigh is hurt again. And mm-hmm. – I don't know what to do about that because as my friend Josh, who sometimes pops in on these, uh, he's at the gym with me every couple of days. He's like, Luca's such a, you know, you never like, what does Luca being hurt actually mean? And it's a fair statement. But what I said was you never hear Luca actually say that he's hurt. He shows it. He kind of, you know, limps around, but the, the, the actual hurt is, is, is a little bit concerning to me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's always, you know, he doesn't beat around the bush when it comes to media and want to say, I can't remember what injury, maybe it was like an ankle. When he got hurt last year, I can't remember if it was the thigh in March or I think he had like an ankle a little bit before that. He also said something where it was like, it's not good. Oh, no, I think it was the cat, the, maybe the calf before the playoffs, of that last game of the playoffs, no, regular season before they played the playoffs in 2022. I think you remember he just was straight, straight up like it. Doesn't, doesn't feel good it hurts like he doesn't give like the rah-rah kind of um if he's really hurt he says he's really hurt he doesn't try to give the like well you know it should be okay you know whatever yep. um and he said it like you know i don't know what to say it's not okay um at the same time i have to prepare for one more game i think this was after the Lithuania game mm-hmm. that i got to prepare for a whole season um knowing luca and how he can amoeba himself in shape and out of shape seemingly within days or weeks of each other you know him being a little you know being lame there uh, in his leg isn't great um you mean so the that's... literal like like physical definition of lame not <laughs> yeah sorry going lame. Back there. You mean yeah. his leg is lame yeah. sorry i don't know that was like i used like a lost the translation term there. for some people um yeah so that's uh 
I mean, it's kind of, we won't really know until he gets to training camp, which is about, we're, we're two weeks, two weeks from today, they start training camp. So we'll know then um, two weeks, you know, like if he's not practicing or something like that's not something that can be hidden. Like, you know, we'll know right, we'll know right away, but you know, it's just not great as a, you know, they're already doing this international schedule. Then he's got training camp. Then they're flying to Abu Dhabi for uh, some games. They're going to Spain and Madrid. There's been research and, you know, reporting backed up that teams that travel in the preseason usually get start off slow the NBA season because, you know, there's international travel can zap you. So like just all this stuff was already building up on him, even if he was healthy. So the fact that he might be a little gimpy, you know, going into this stretch where they're going to be, he's going to be back, you know, he's coming back to Dallas, but then he's going to be right back to international travel for three games. And, you know, I just hope that doesn't throw off anything about uh, their start because how many times have we said they need to cut the, cut the crap with this. They've, they've sl- started slowly three years in a row. Yeah. Um, so they got to figure out a way to start the season off strong. Well, I do want to talk about that, but but yeah. before we before we get to that, we we do need to do a, a little bit of business. And <laughs> the thing I want to point you to, guys, is the thing I've talked about for the past several weeks. We, uh, I'm really recommending you guys check out this NBA 2K mobile game. Um, the real 2K, the the platform edition, has recently released, but I can't play those games. I turn into a lunatic because the logic drives me nuts with how things do and don't work. But I've really had a good time playing this ridiculous mobile game. It's fun. The graphics are fantastic. Um, and there's a whole lot that you can do. Um, I still have yet to test out any of the multiplayer stuff, but that's just because I'm an old coward. But I've had a lot of fun. Like, like you know, I, I, it's gotten to the point where I look up certain things on the internet. With oh, that's when you know you're in. Yeah, that's a, that's a real problem. Um, <laughs> they're always releasing kind of different in-game events to keep you coming back, and those sorts of things are fun. Particularly if you just, you know, it's it's something different to do on your phone. A, if you, you don't want to look at doom scrolling, I just I have a really I have a real good time with it. Uh, you know, if, if you're kind of a hardcore basketball fan and who wouldn't be listening to this podcast in September, I really recommend you give this thing a download. You can collect cards. You can build up your own kind of team. There's all sorts of things you can do, particularly if you're competitive or even if you're just kind of a collector. And that's what what I think is fun. Um, I really recommend you checking this one out. Download NBA 2K Mobile free on the App Store or Google Play. And remember to use my promo code Tatum2KMobile to redeem an exclusive Jason Tatum Pearl Tier card. That's code Tatum, T-A-T-U-M, 2K Mobile. All right, guys, I'm going to cut some uh, pre-programmed ads within our feed here. If you're listening on the podcast, if you're watching on the video, you just have to wait another second. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, guys, we are back and we're going to close out this podcast here. But before you do, I would really appreciate it if you did me a favor and went and hit the like button on the stream and also hit the subscribe button uh, for those of you who are here on YouTube. If you're listening over the podcast, please consider joining us because once the regular season starts up, we'll be doing lots of shows. We'll be doing all of these live because we have a good time. And with at least half our shows, we end up doing, um, you know, the different streams where you guys can come up here and help us uh, help us make the show. Uh, where we talk basketball and just have a good time. This is uh, one of the things I like most about this platform is the ability to talk basketball with my friends. And that is what I think of all of our crazy fun listeners. Um, you had kind of briefly touched on, you know, the importance of a, of a, of a start of, of a good start. So we're, we're looking at two weeks until training camp. Is that about right? Yeah. Two weeks, two weeks from today, September 26th. It's a, um it's normally the 20 it's 27th for all teams that aren't doing the preseason international travel but if you're one of those international preseason teams they let you start a day early um so 26 yeah two weeks from today and is that media day do we do remember or is that even before uh that? media day i don't know if we've, we've not been told about it yet i've not usually media day is the the day before the first day of training camp um and then that the next sense. day yeah so I wonder if they're going to do the fan jam this year. I don't know because with asking all the travels, you, yeah, you don't know the answer to any of these questions. So I'm just kind of throwing them out. The bowl. Um, yeah, I, my expectations for preseason, that's going to be interesting for us. Just like the nuts and bolts of it, because we, we use the preseason the same way the NBA use the preseason as a means to like tune up and like figure out how to make stuff again. You know, we have a over at Mavs Moneyball, we have a, a group of about 20 different people who end up writing stuff for us. And as the offseason wears on, Josh and I get consistently worse about nagging people for content. Because why would you? Like, there's just nothing. You know, I appreciate Dalton Trigg and the guys that really grind out uh, singles and doubles for things. But I'm just not. I'm just I'm, I, I don't think I can ever do it. Um, but when the regular season rolls around, we're pumping out stuff. And so we use the preseason the same way. We're like, all right, we're really going to start writing now. We're going to get our, you know, we're going to remember how to turn on Grammarly 
and um, you know, write regular posts. And so I, 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 I'm really interested in this, this preseason because I think that, you know, not to, not to be contrarian here, but I'm wondering if there's something to the fact that Luca playing in some of these overseas matchups, particularly the one against Real Madrid might sort of serve to jumpstart his season to, to juice him up getting into the regular season, because that game is going to be outstanding. The two uh, in Abu Dhabi are going to be like, I'm very, I'm very curious to see how the crowds are going to be in these games. Right. Luca loves a good crowd. That's he's a showman. And and that's something that I think gets a little bit under like like undercovered in the NBA element because I think people definitely pay to come and see Kyrie and Luca but you know you know this cuz you've gone to the NBA grind the energy in NBA arenas sometimes can suck like the Mavs <laughs> do a fantastic job of keeping things going but it's tough because they're 48 games long with way too many commercial breaks and timeouts there's not like a flow so I don't know maybe maybe just to, to there there's a spot to say that you know, after coming off this sort of frustrating finish to the World Cup, Luca might come into these regular season game, like preseason games, with maybe another chip on his shoulder. Maybe they might just get off to a good start. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he seems to he's got a lot to motivate him. We'll say that. Like the list yep. of things to motivate him over the last six to twelve months, uh, it's not a sh- it's not a uh, short list with how the regular season went, missing the playoffs, um, the disappointment uh, at FIBA, even though you know that team just got devastated by injuries. You know, he's not going to use that as an excuse getting injured, you know, the, the officiating stuff, you know, I, yeah, there's a good chance that those, these international games are going to be a lot of fun. And if you're looking for, you know, these are the games that he's probably going to play in the preseason, you know? So if you want to, if you want to watch this team in the preseason with like their main guys playing, it's probably going to be in these games and not, you know, they play one game in Dallas. I, I, I would imagine that's the game where, you know, that's the end of the roster and the training camp guys, training camp invites getting their last chance. So, yeah, yeah we'll see. Right. And that's when I am uh, hopefully hosting a Mavs Moneyball barbecue for our staff. That's, that's right. It's a Friday. We'll see if we can actually get that together. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm slowly like, I am, um, Josh can attest to this for our Mavs Moneyball Slack. I'm like, I'm I'm turning on editor harassment mode where I'm like, hey, do you want to write the thing? And it's it's funny because it's just you go to our site. There hasn't been much lately. That's that will change. So please come on back to Mavs and Moneyball. Please, uh, you know, hit us up there if you have anything you'd like to see covered. I got a whole bunch of ideas. Um, the the thing about this season is is there's the Mavs are now like particularly Luca and specific. He's just in, he, he's he's going to have to embrace the villain role to a degree. <laughs> yeah, I think this there's a lot like he's going to be the odds-on MVP favorite again because people want to bet on him, but it's going to be an uphill climb because one thing that goes with the complaining beyond the the ref element of it is media people that are not Dallas people are sick of this. Yeah. Heard Zach Lowe on his podcast this week with McMahon once again mentioned that he's like the whiniest player in the, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And that's and Zach that Lowe who like loves, loves you know, basketball. Loves Luka. Yes. Yeah. So. yeah. That's just, uh, that's just the thing to consider. I and, mean, I wonder if this though, like if Luca being this kind of, of villain, I don't know if that's right, 
but the the subtext of that could be it's a really interesting space for Kyrie Irving to just operate and play basketball without being the center of attention. I I because that's I mean he played great last year. Like I, the really more did. you look at Kyrie's numbers, he played so good. I'd say he had his best career, best best year of his career last year. Yeah, um, played through foot problems, which if you know Kyrie's history and his injury history. Uh, that's a big deal. That's a pretty. I mean, you big, have foot problems. Pretty, like feet hurting sucks. I mean, we're talking about a guy who literally threatened the team he won a title with that he was going to get knee surgery <laughs> if they didn't trade him, that's and right. now he's that's playing true. through a busted, you know, a, a, a sore foot or whatever it was. Busted plantar fasciitis. Yeah, that's, that's not nothing hurts, to, man. I mean, that's part of the reason why I thought it was kind of crazy that they kind of stuck in the fight so long because I was like, if he breaks his foot in like one of these dumb losses that they're having at the end of the season, then you're, you got problems, but yep. he made it through. Okay. I think the villain thing is kind of interesting. Cause it also made me think of, this is also going to be the first season where the, the shine has kind of worn off in terms of the perception of the club, both local and nationally. I think, um, you know, we've obviously been on top of this team for the, when they've, needed to be criticized and and the moves that we haven't liked that's kind of been slow building that eventually kind of led to last season blowing up in their faces and you know up until that point i think you know both local and national media kind of treated i don't want to say treated the team with kids gloves uh that might be a little bit too too harsh language but you know there was a general sense of like this was you know luca is so young and he's a shiny new toy um, and there's a lot of hope and optimism around the franchise. And you just sort of assume a team with the players could as him as young as he is, is going to be one of these teams on the rise. And then last season happened and they don't make the playoffs. And I felt like a lot of the, the wool has been kind of uh, pulled down from over people's eye that was maybe been covering their eyes. I don't know how to, I'm, I'm butchering how to talk about this, but like, you know, I don't think people, um, uh, I think people had their kind of had their perception of this team shattered a little bit. And I think that there is a bit more pressure spotlight bullseye, whatever you want to call it on the team to perform because last season, I think kind of like broke a lot of things in people's minds. I think, you know, I mean, I'll just say like people that we see that normally don't act very critical of the team. I'm not trying to say this is a good or bad thing. All of a sudden we're, Sounding like us, like I'm like, wait, very, what's very like, off at the yes, end result? Yes, and so I think that this is going to be an interesting season because this is the first time we're going into the season. It's not like, hey, everything's cool, everything's great. Like, you know, the obviously the good off season is going to help that, but there's actually some like, hey, you guys, you guys didn't make the, you guys finished 11th in the West. Like, it's it's time now. Like, they can't they can't f around anymore. You know what I mean? I don't. I feel like there's actually going to be maybe some more accountability across the media landscape for the team's performance more so than maybe it did the first three or four years of the Luca era. If that we'll sense. see. I mean, yeah, we'll there's see. a lot of people, there's a lot of media people that do not like Kyrie Irving. Yep. That, <laughs> that And then are both sick of, of Luca. Yeah. And w- one of the things that I found frustrating in my conversations with people. So it's like Shane Gillies Alexander might be my third favorite player in the league to watch, but like the effusive praise that he's received this World Cup has kind of gone overboard. It's like, oh, like even Bill Simmons is like, well, you know, Shea might Shea might be better than Luca. You know, it's <laughs> and there's all sorts of that. I'm just happens. like, well, which is fine, but then yeah, right, right, you're yeah. going, they've been in the league the exact same amount of time. 
They were in the same draft class. They were? Yeah. Oh, I he thought Shea was 2019 or 2017. I could be wrong. Look it up while I'm rambling here. But no, I'm no, pretty sure he was in the same yeah. same draft class. Go and ahead. You're, I think you the, got the point being, in, in where I'm trying to go with it, even if he wasn't in the same draft class, Luca's done it already. Luca has a resume. Shea does not have a resume. I don't hold that against him because of Oklahoma City's institutional incompetence, where they have basically been trying to lose for several years. And it's, it's you know, it, it just kind of frustrates me where we're going to see stuff like that all year, despite Luca having done it, whereas Shea hasn't made the playoffs. So and, it's and you're right. 2018, he was drafted 11th. I mean, which just goes to show you, like that draft is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It's just such an insane draft. Um, so yeah, it's like I, I I'm gonna have a hard time with the conversation, but I also sort of I, like I get why you go that way because the Mavericks were Western Conference finalists, and then they blew it up, and then they did like they did the Atlanta Hawks thing a year later, and. You know, everybody was really in on Trey during that Atlanta Hawks Eastern Conference Finals run. And since then, the national media has been sick of Trey. And I just <laughs> hope it's not the same because I think Luca is a more transcendent player. You know, I've made the argument that Luca could be Thanos snapped and he'd go into the Hall of Fame as a as potentially a You're first right. ballot guy. I think like, that's objectively true. Yeah. Like the <laughs> and and you know, it's just I just I hope for more. I, I hope yeah. that they're able to turn the narrative around because on the one hand, they've earned this narrative, the team, Luca, etc. But it, it there's a chance to shed the narrative by doing yeah. this really simple thing where you just go win. Yeah. And that's better for us. We don't we need them to win. This doesn't what we're doing right now, the website, all that stuff does not doesn't really exist if they if they don't win. Um, no, yeah. Because you guys make it very clear that you do not want to follow a bad basketball team which why would you why would you spend your time with a, with a bad any more time that you had to with a bad basketball team so yeah there's yeah. incentives all around they need to win <laughs> all right we're at 38 minutes heading into 40 minutes um shout out to my guys uh nick and isaac over there at locked on mavs they had an incident similar to me where nick like uh had to get up in the middle of a live show um, he like cut his <laughs> finger open and like had to figure out how to bandage it. Wait, and how did he even do that? I have no idea. I, I just watched the clip Is that Nick posted. Chopping vegetables while he's recording the podcast? You, you went on like a soliloquy where you're like talking about something. And Isaac sort of like went into Isaac ASM, ASMR mode where he just like started saying words very calmly. It just, it was one of the silliest and it made me laugh so hard. Um <laughs> Anyway, podcasting is a risky business, uh, so I'm told. <laughs> a lot um, of work hazards. Trying to think. Not gotten to play any flipping video games because I have a house guest and my we had a, a an event at our house this weekend. So are um, you just like driving. laying in bed thinking about Starfield then? Since a little you, bit, you, a you little have bit. like this, are you sc- little itchy, like not being able to play? I, well, I got a message. <laughs> um, I, I get like text messages. Like my favorite, Jason Concepcion, formerly of the Ringer. Now I think he's a bit of a free agent. Like he will. Text me about two specific things: the uh, apples show the foundation and uh, Starfield, <laughs> and awesome. and that, it's just like whatever video game thing he's like thinking of. And he like keeps sending me all these clips. And I'm like, man, I've only played for like 13 total hours. You're killing me. I can't do this right now. It's <laughs> <sighs> this is I don't know, but I, I did play. I'm still playing Breath of the Wild with with the with the young son, and mm-hmm. I just. Oh man, Cowboy in the chat says, I want to see the new Mortal Kombat. That trailer, 
boom, right in the like, yes, kind of. Uh, they, they know how to do it. Uh, the commercial, um, the new commercial with uh, Batista, uh, Dave Batista, that if y'all saw, that's basically like mimicking. And you, we know this. Well, I was, you might remember a little bit better than me because I was still a little bit of a small fry when that, that mania hit. But uh, that old commercial where everyone's yelling in the streets, Mortal Kombat. Like, I don't think people, if you weren't alive like a kid, like Mortal Kombat was like. It was a cultural. Yeah. Like, like it was a cultural touch point. It was like, an obsession. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because it, it was like the thing, like. Like, your it parents, create, your it parents helped create don't, the video yeah. game ratings. It, yeah. Like, your parents don't want you to play this. And as little, little turd kids were like, oh, I want to play it. Like, I want to mm-hmm. see someone. You know, I want to see a ninja rip the spine out of another ninja. Like we're little, little, uh, we're little turds. That's what we want to do. Great. So yeah. So the, that new Dave Batista commercial, which is basically like remaking that commercial, uh, that hit me right, right. You know, I will be critical of a lot of uh, nostalgia bait from the entertainment industry, but I will, I'll take that one. That sure. one that no, it's me. fun. <laughs> it's fun. This is just, we're just in such, you know, it's obviously the, the, the WGA strike, you know, you feel for all those people. But man, we are not up for things to do. Like there are so many things to do, and I'm just like, where? I just don't have the hours of the day. Don't have the hours of the day. Uh, and then we get back to Mavs content, and then I really won't have the hours in the day. But but right. that, that's the life. Um. Okay. So you know, like I said, I will try to host a Friday show if there's anything anybody wants to talk about. I really, really would appreciate it if people would continue to email me. Uh, if you, if you don't remember the email is podmaverickpodcast at gmail.com. I am alarmingly easy to get a hold of between Twitter and email and other things. So it's like, I love talking about stuff all the time. I let Josh take mental breaks because I think if he thinks about this all the time, he loses his mind. Whereas me, I just, I become more powerful. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's your life source. Right, right. Well, it's just, you know, no, it's a good thing. I'm, I'm a little, you know, it's occurred to me that I, I guess I am an extrovert and like this, this, the, and so I work from home, so I don't see anyone. So it's like talking to people on this is like kind of my lifeblood. Um, it's, it's fun for me. Um, yeah, so we'll be back. We'll see. We'll obviously be back next Tuesday. Like we've been recording. Um, we're going to start rolling out some preseason content and we're going to, you know, amp up in that regard. I'm, I, I'm working myself into getting excited for the grind. It takes me a little while to get there. Once we start actually doing it and it becomes like a workout routine, then it's more, it's easier. But those first stages suck. Just like back in the ground. And I think what'll help compared to last summer, like when we get to media day and we see like the Grant Williams interviews and the Derek Lively interviews and the Omex Prosper interviews, that'll, that'll give us a little bit of a jump start because like, let's be real. Like we were, we were tr- we were talking ourselves into last season, like every time we recorded until you know during the. It's awful. Like it was. Awful. I mean, it was an awful off season. It's one of the worst off seasons they've had, you know, since as a franchise. You know, obviously the worst since Luke has been drafted, and we but we couldn't just get on this podcast every single week and say that like this is the worst off season ever. Like eventually training camp starts, you have to talk about something else. But I think uh, quietly it was it was just a little bit more soul sucking because we knew in the back of our heads what maybe what was about to happen because of the off season but we kind of had to talk ourselves into it uh but now we don't have to do that i think the the new acquisitions i think are really gonna gonna energize some things uh i really hope so i really really hope so okay guys this is uh and and alan he alan um josh means the 2022 off season not the 2020 oh yeah sorry season. Yeah. 
this last the Brunson, offseason. The, lo- the Brunson offseason. The Brunson offseason, right. Yeah. Right. Anyway. The McGee offseason. <laughs> did you see that Facebook graphic I found? I did not. There was. I'm going to go find it? it. No, I did. I posted on my Twitter. And it okay. was like just a, it was, It's this was so easy. It was from the Mavs Nation Facebook page. Oh, grabbing, I didn't see this. Grabbing a clutch points graphic. <laughs> which was put together from a tweet from a guy with the handle at life. And then a whole bunch of numbers with the name scapegoat defender. And it said Mavs 2022, let Jalen Brunson walk for nothing. Mavs 2023, let Christian Wood walk to a conference contender for nothing. Conclusion, nothing has been learned. And I'm just like, those are not the same things. (laughs) I just, I don't need everybody to be as into the Mavs as I am, but I do need you to not do that. That's really- <laughs> need a baseline like a standard that's right like like a compliance department um no. well, yeah. we'll see all right team everybody be good have a good rest of the week and we will talk soon thanks for hanging out and go mavs